This world is not our home. You and I were made for more than just this. You know, I continually pray uh, that, that, we do, that we do not become comfortable here on earth. Because as I turn on the TV and, and I see stories of destruction of, of, of Hurricane Isaac along our Gulf Coast, it's a reminder to me that this is not our home. And for me, when I, when I see stories on TV of, of the hurt and the, and the pain of just going to a movie in Colorado, it's a reminder to me that this is not our home. You see, there's this, there's this tension that we're living in right now, which, which everything around us is to tell us to feel comfortable about where we are and where we live. And in, in, in this present world, it's all we hear is, this is all you've got. This is the world. This is what you have. But the Bible tells us that, it's, that this isn't true. There's another world. And it says it so well. It just wraps it up so well in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. It says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the tension that, that you and I live in right now is, is to focus so much of, of everything we have on this world and, and, what we, and, and, to, and to focus of that this earth is our home. But the Bible tells us that there is a Savior who is coming to take us to a real home. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis, and he, and he says this. He says, If I find myself desires which nothing in this world can easily satisfy... The only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, today I want to tell you from the word of God that, that you and I were made for another place. Amen. This is not our home. The Bible tells us there are two worlds that we can live in today. There is the present world which I want you to imagine this, and, and, and I, kind of, I got this 10-foot rope up here. I'm not sure if you can see it. It may be longer than 10 feet. I don't know. Um, but there's this rope up here. And I want you to imagine this rope is, is your life. And I actually want you to imagine there's a little piece, there's an orange little dot right here on the rope. Imagine that, that this rope, it goes out infinitely long on both sides, and that your life is that, that orange dot in the middle. And just take a minute and, and think about that. That, that little orange spot, is, 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 it's, it's your life and it's, it's my life. And see, many of us live, live this way. We think that, that all we have, that all we've got is right here, that this is our home. And, and that this is what we invest in, is just this little piece of us right here. The Bible says that, that this is a temporary world. But if we start to see from the Bible's perspective we'll see that there are two worlds. Not only the temporary world, but the eternal world. And today you and I are making investments in one or the other. The temporary or the eternal world. And, and we choose to invest in one or the other. And where we choose the most is where you truly call home. Today I want to I pray before we start. Because I believe in this room God has some amazing potential to impact eternity forever. But it's really based on us and our decision today. You see where, where we're going to invest because if we're honest with ourselves, 
Some of us haven't been really saying, I've been living for, some of us have been saying, I've been living for this world. And I've been investing and investing and investing. And, and, and all I've got to tell you is that if you're investing in this world, it's not going to pan out. It's not going to work. It won't last. There's something more for you today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, we, we come to your, impre- your presence right now and thankful for the opportunity to worship and, and hear your word. And, and God, right now, I pray that your Holy Spirit just comes down and works through some of us today. And God, we thank you for, for, for just loving us for the way that you do. God, we thank you for the way that you have invested in us. And this morning, God, I pray that you will continue to, to, to invest in us as well. God, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to be looking at 2 Peter uh, in, in uh, chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. 2 Peter um, chapter 3, we're going to be starting at verse 8. And we're going to be working through uh, 8 through 13. And I'm just going to go kind of piece by piece as we, we talk our way through this. And uh, Second Peter, uh, and I'm just going to kind of set some of this up for you. See, the Apostle Paul is 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 talking to people who who are who are right now in this weird place. You see, there he's talking to people. They're they're a lot like you and me. They're they're living in this tension, and it's the it's the here and the now, and 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 it's let me uh, let me just focus on this. Everybody else is telling me, well, is is God real? Is, is Jesus ever going to come back? That's what these people are asking. Is Jesus ever going to come back? And if so, why don't I, and if so, why don't I just invest in this life right now? And they're starting to lose hope. And Peter is saying there is hope. And, and, and there's hope and it's beyond this world. And so he lays, it, he lays it out for them in two ways. The first one is this. Where is this world going? Where is the direction of this world going? I need to see the future. So he says, let me lay out the future for you real quick. There's a future hope that you have. And the second thing that he tells them is, well, well, this is what you do, and, you, and this is what you do about it right now. And this is, this is I, I really like this scripture too, as we're about to read it. Um, but he says, this is what's going to happen. He's going to tell us, this is what's going to happen, and this is what you're supposed to do. So 2 Peter chapter 3, or yeah, chapter 3, verse 8 through 13. Here we go. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. And so in this verse, Peter is saying, God has a bigger plan. And I'm going to kind of go all youth group teaching on you right now. So if you got your index finger, take your index finger and I want you to put it like right in front of your nose and focus on your finger. Look at your finger and see when you do that, what happens to everything else around you? It becomes blurry, right? Everything around you looks blurry, right? And you see a lot of us today walk around the world focusing on what is happening right now. But what happens when you take your finger and you look out beyond your finger? 
things become a little bit more clear, right? We see the rest of the world. Many times we let today, right now, rattle us. God is saying there's a bigger picture in what you see. Another way to help us understand God's plan right now is to have perspective on God's heart for the world. I love how it says in the verse that we just read, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. There are people in this room right now, and you know it, and you know there are people, you just wish there were people in this room right now that you wish could be here. You wish they had a love and a desire to love Jesus, to be, to be in their life. And maybe it's a parent. Uh, mom and dad. Maybe it's a brother or sister. They're not here, but you just so desire them from, for them to be here. Maybe it's an aunt and uncle. Maybe it's a best friend. And you know what? I thank God every day. Thank you, God, for another day that you would give us, that you are patient with us, and that you don't bring down the second coming of Jesus, and that we have another opportunity today to share the word of God to those outside this room and that do not know the Lord about who you are. I thank God every single day for that. See, here's God's heart. He doesn't want anyone to perish. And today, God's patience with us. I want to ask you, are you making the most out of his patience today? Because many of us could say, and I know for me, Man, if God came one day earlier before the day I accepted Jesus into my life, one day early, one day made the difference in my life. There is one day for somebody you know and love, and God is being patient with you right now and with them. He's being patient with us. And we wonder why it's been 2,000 years since Jesus has come back. And so, and so at this point in the scripture, th- these people are wondering, man, it's been 20, 30, 40 years. It's because there are people who don't know the Lord. And it's up to us to reflect God's heart for those people. There was, there was one of those reasons, I'm, you know, one of the, the reasons I'm so excited to begin this, this message series as we're going through the Jesus Project. As you see, this fall... We're going, to be, we're going to be able to learn how to share our faith and, 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 and <clears throat> with those who would share, be able to share our faith with those who don't know God. I think about those of us that would call ourselves Christians and we're often uncomfortable sharing our faith about God because we don't know how, how those people are going to react, right? We got this fear inside of us. And this fall, we're going to have a chance to, to learn how to overcome some of those hurdles, of sharing our faith. And, and so I want to encourage you, don't miss a week of this series. I want to encourage you. Uh, we got this book. We've been talking about it a lot. I know John's been talking about it a lot. Eats with Sinners. I want to encourage you, uh, pick it up. Go buy it. Uh, Eats with Sinners, it's, uh, Aaron Chambers wrote it. And he's, not, he's, a, he's a pastor out in Greeley, Colorado. He's a Florida Christian graduate. I want to encourage you, pick up that book, read it. I also want to encourage you to attend one of our small groups on on the Jesus Project that we have going on on Sunday nights. We have groups for everyone of all ages. You'll have a chance to talk with others about sharing your faith and and, uh, maybe you have questions and you're not sure. Man, I'm just not sure how to do this. You, You have those opportunities to share and ask in those small groups on Sunday nights. What a great opportunity to learn more. 
And the second thing in helping us understand God's plan is remembering this world is temporary and your stay here is very short. I want you to imagine that you, you walk into a hotel and, and, and you're with your family and you say, man, this is a nice hotel. And, and um, you get to your hotel and you're like, man, you know, it's a, it's a nice space and the hotel looks really cool and you got a good room and a good bed, but you're going to go out anyway. You're going to go out to Best Buy and you're going to buy a TV. You're going to buy a big screen TV for that room. And you're going to buy your wife. Now you got your wife with you and she wants to go buy new sheets. And, and now she wants like pans and pots and everything for this, this, this hotel room and everything. And so you get everything loaded up into your car and, and, and you drive back to the hotel and you, you set up your TV and you put on the new bed sheets and you get all the, the cooking stuff out and... And then the next day comes and you have to check out. And the maid walks in and is like, dude, I didn't know we had a presidential suite in here. This is awesome. But you left. And, and the room looks awesome. And people would say, you're crazy. Why, why would you do that? But I think from God's perspective, it looks pretty good. When it comes down to it, your stay and, and my, st- my stay is very short. So, so how are we making the most out of it? See, the next two things Peter points out is, is here in verse 11 and in part of verse 12. And, and his point is, is at best in eternity. Verse 11 goes on to say, Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Man, this is... This is so rich, and, and just looking through this text, it just keeps saying over and over again, this is not our home. But, but I, I, love, I love what it says, because in verse 11, what he says is, here's what you do right now. If, if you and I are living in this tension right now, don't invest in this world. Invest in eternity. Here's what you do. Number one, Peter says, live a holy life. And you guys have heard this word, word holy, and you're just thinking, oh man, it's it, holy. That's just one of those, another one of those church words, right? Nope. All holy means is to be set apart, right? Holy means to, it means to be set apart. Peter is saying here is live a holy life, but not a holier than thou life. You see, some of us have taken this set apart thing to a whole nother extreme. And today I just want to say, that's not what holy means. Some of us have, have taken holy and say, we're set apart. So that, so that puts a, a bubble around me. And we put this bubble around ourselves and we need to get ourselves away from the bad people. And you might be saying this, I need to get myself away from the bad people, right? Which the scripture says we're all bad people, so it doesn't really matter. And, and the only one that is good is God. And, and so, but you're like, no, like the really bad people, like the, like, like the, the you know, so we got to set our, you know, you say that. And, and, but that's not the truth. That's not what scripture is saying. That's, that's not what, what Peter is trying to say. Living a holy life is, is not blending in with the crowd. By your life and by my life, when they see us, they say, you know, you look different. There's, there's something different about you. You don't just blend in with everybody else. What's really going on with you? 
Because when they ask us where you were this past weekend and, and we say church, I, did, they already know, did they already know instinctively that that's where you were this weekend? Because they see it in your life. You didn't, you didn't blend in with the crowd. You didn't blend in with the crowd. That's a holy life. I can't give you every example of what, what this looks like for you right now. I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit is convicting and saying, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Because for you and, and I, we, we go into our workplaces and we go to school and we go wherever the convenience store, I, where, wherever it is, wherever it is you're going and, and, you, and you're either blending in, acting like everybody else, or you're just living a life that is set, up, that set apart from the crowd. Not just saying, I don't just hang out with those people. That's not a holy life. Because deeper, he says, live a godly life, right? And here's what a godly life looks like. A godly life looks like the life of Jesus. There is no, there's, no more, there's not any more guessing game of, of what a godly life looks like. There's no more saying, well, I think this is what it should be. A godly life for us is, is, is right here in our scripture, in our Bibles. And and if you're wondering, man, what, what's this thing about Jesus? If you want to know what a godly life looks like, look up, read in your Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See what he did. Read about his life. It's all in there. That's what a godly life looks like. And you know the crazy thing about Scripture, and I, I often think about this, and it's kind of a, a cool thing to think about. You know, Jesus did more than what was just recorded in the Scriptures. But, but what he wanted us to know what he wanted us, what he wanted to speak to us is right here in the scriptures for us to know. Right there. So if you're wondering what a godly life looks like, again, I, I can't give you every example of, of that, but I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit is going to convict some of you today. And, and you're going to be opening up your scriptures. And you're going to be digging in and saying, God, teach me to be godly. Because in the end, what you, and you, what you are doing with your life is, is investing in eternity when you open up your Bibles. And what a good question would be is, am I investing in eternity? Am I doing these things? Has anyone ever questioned you about your faith? And not in an argument sort of way, but just saying, why do you do this? Why do you love people when they're mean to you? Why do you not jump in and start gossiping when everyone else does? Why do you not go to those places on the weekend? And, and I'm telling you, there's going to be pushback. There's, there's always pushback on your life when you invest in eternity. It's just going to happen. It's just, it's just part of it. People, people push back on Jesus all the time. Look at Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. The Pharisees were blown away by the fact that Jesus would eat with them. They, they couldn't wrap their minds around it. And the third thing, and Peter ends with it out, 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 he ends it out here. He says, 
And, and I love this, starting at verse 12. As you look forward to the day of God and speed is coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will, will melt in the heat. But in keeping with, this, with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Isn't that an amazing description? The home of righteousness. Because as I look around the world, because again, I, I, know, uh, again, I know this is not my home. I look and I say, that's not right. That's not fair. And, and, and how it should be. Don't you have those moments in your life? But when you just look around you and you just realize things just aren't, that's not right. It's not fair. We try to find answers in this world. And we say that that's, that's not how it's supposed to be. And you're right. But again, this world is temporary. God is in the process of making things right, everything right. And even though we don't see it, there is a home of righteousness. Everything will be right in that world. We live in a world where wrong often prevails, a world where often faithful Christians are persecuted for doing God's will, where evil people enjoy the rewards of their sin, a world where in which innocent lives are ripped from the wombs and, and God's laws are flaunted and mocked. And that will be eradicated in the next world. God is in the process of making all things new and all things right. So remember, this world is temporary and God is working on something that will last for an eternity. I love how the band Reliant K puts it. They say, the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. I'll take that any day. And so the personal application that I want you to walk away with today is this, and is, is you need to ask yourself, where have you been choosing to invest and will it last? You see, we only have a short amount of time on this world. When it comes down to it, uh, we can take the time right here and say, I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to, go, I'm going to do my own thing. This is my time. This is my money. I'm going to give advice that makes me look good. I'm going to invest in relationships that are all about me. And see, for some of us today, we take, we take our manage, marriages for granted, and we're not investing in, in something that lasts for eternity. You take something, and it's, it's all about me, me, me. And what I want to say is this. God is saying, check out in an eternal perspective. Today, start investing in eternity. That, that's going to last. God says, take your finances and invest in something that will last. And thank you. Thank you to, to those that gave to students so they could go to camp and CIY this past summer. There were students that could not afford to go, but based upon your giving, your generosity, you invested in eternity. And today, those students are closer to Jesus because of you. Thank you. For some of us, we say, well, what about our friendships and, and our relationships? What about, you know, my, my best friend? What about hanging out with the guys? And, and sometimes this is, this is what we've got. We've got. You know, you, you're, you're, all you talk about is, is your fantasy football team with them. 
And all you talk about is, is, is I don't know, insert favorite college football team here. I, you know, all this stuff. And we just talk about, about sports. And that's as far as our relationships go with our friends. And, and God's saying, open it up a little bit. Start asking the questions that, that are, mean something about their relationship with God. Ask them about their marriage. Are you taking care of your kids? How are you kids? Can I pray for you? That's investing in eternity. Are your relationships going? Or, they just, or do they just stop at the surface? Stop wasting time on, on Facebook and, and Twitter and, and Pinterest and, and invest in re- people and relationships, not in the virtual ones. Because no one cares how many friends you have. <laughs> I don't anyway. <laughs> My question is, is, are you reflecting Jesus to people? When was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Because again, there's a patience of, thing, of God thing going on here, right? And so my challenge to you today is this, is how do, I, how do I do this practically? How do I practically get this into my life? And I want you to get out a sheet of paper. You don't have to do it now. Maybe you do it this afternoon. Maybe you do it tomorrow, Monday. Everyone's off from work and school. But you sit down with your family. And you, make, you grab a piece of paper and you make two columns. You can take that insert paper in your bulletin today. It's, it's easy. Make two columns. Label one temporary and label the other one eternal. And I want you to think about this. I want you to think about your week that you just had. Think about your weekend. And, and you write down, here's what I'm investing in. And, and, and say, this is what I'm investing in temporarily. And this is what I'm investing in e- eternally. But, but you say, what am I doing with my life with, with this week? What am I doing with this month? What am I doing with this year? And, and then you know what? Even sit down and do this with all your kids. I, I don't want it to come down to the last days. And Jesus says, what are you doing? You're just waiting for the afterlife. Today I can, today I can do something right now with my life. And today I want to challenge you, if, if you have kids, maybe you need to make some apologies to them. And you say, I didn't send you to camp. I sent you to, to, to another camp, but not church camp. Because, and, 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 because, and, you, and you list the reasons. And maybe it's like, I'm sorry, I haven't been making it a priority to bring you to church every week. And some of us today, if we're honest with ourselves, would say, yeah, other things have come up. And they seem more important at the time. And maybe you just need to pray with your kids. I'm telling you, your, your kids are yearning for this. They want it. They need it. They need to hear, hey, we need to start investing in something more than this world. Because again, this is not our home. Watch this video. You know, I think about, it's been over 10 years now when someone said they decided to invest in my life. And they said, man, what are you doing on the weekends? And they said, start coming to church. Start, start uh, you know, started asking me the tough questions about my life. It wasn't a surface relationship anymore. And I'm thankful for that person every single day that they decided to invest in me. And that was an internal investment. And I think about, uh, you know, sometimes on Sunday nights and in, 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 the, in the, the different youth groups that I've been a part of, and I think, man, God, are these lessons, are these really lessons getting through to the kids? Are they really listening? 
And then I'll get an email or a letter in the mail or a text message. Hey man, I thought about that lesson you did one night. Thank you. Thank you for, for thinking about me. Thank you for investing in my life. Thank you for, for caring about me. And I want to challenge you today. Start investing in things that are eternal. You see, this is not our home. There is an eternal one, which is our real home. So today, let's not treat this place like our home anymore. Let us pray. Heavenly Father God, we, uh, we thank you for that this is not our home, God. Because, God, we, we turn on our TVs and we see destruction and we see pain and hurt. And, God, we know those things are not of you. And, God, we know that you have a, a place in heaven for us, an eternity waiting for us. God, we thank you for, for just loving us always. And, God, today our prayer is, is God, we, we, are just, we just pray that, that we don't become— we don't, Stay comfortable here. That, God, you show us that, that to, to make real investments, to make eternal investments, God, and not ones right here on earth. And, God, uh, just as we get ready to leave here today, I pray that we can see the world a little bit differently, that it's a temporary one, that you didn't design us to stay here forever. God, we thank you uh, for doing that in our lives, and, and we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.